Pool Deck. Join me and my group of swimmers as we work hard every day to get better. The pool is the school, but the lessons are for life. My name is Duncan Todd, and you are on deck with Dunk. Welcome back. Luggage is a pain in the butt. Having to carry lots of bags is awkward, uncomfortable, aggravating, and tiring. I cannot count the number of occasions I've had to travel with heavy bags. Air travel with luggage is the absolute worst. There's so much baggage connected to traveling with luggage. We worry about weight limits. We worry about the fragile gift we've strategically cocooned in a ball of soft clothing, hoping it will be enough padding and protection to withstand the jaded baggage handlers. We have to queue at check-in because the self-check-in kiosks are on the blink. We struggle when we're pulling the bags along because one of the small wheels jams from time to time, and we put our backs out, hoiking the damn things into the boots of hire cars. Contrast that stress and aggravation with those occasions when you travel carry-on only. How much easier does everything seem as we stroll, relaxed and easily through security, pitying the poor suckers struggling with big bags and broken wheels? When I'm flying with no bags, I always seem to have so much more time. I'm not worrying about weight restrictions or waiting forlornly at the baggage carousel for a bag that's been put on a plane to Wagadougou. And because I'm not worrying, the entire experience of travel is so much more enjoyable. Hopefully, we won't have to spend too much time physically lugging suitcases around airports. However, emotionally and mentally, most of us spend our entire lives struggling with awkward, overweight bags. Those bags are the past and the future. On a daily basis, I find myself dreading some indeterminate future event. I can spend an entire Sunday stressing about the coming week, thinking about the meetings I have to have and the sessions I need to write. I find myself remembering arguments and altercations with colleagues, and those memories color my outlook, expectations, and plans for future meetings. I spend half of my time listening to my brain churn out memories of yesterdays, and the other half anticipating, worrying, and speculating about tomorrow's. Yesterday and tomorrow are two badly packed, overweight suitcases that don't roll straight and are destined to cause aggravation, frustration, stress, and fatigue. Chan meditation masters, more commonly known as Zen meditation in the West, constantly talk about how important it is to simply be in the present moment. Sounds simple, but it sure as hell isn't. Our minds are addicted to speculating, inferring, 
anticipating, rationalizing, projecting, assuming, worrying, and hoping. This incessant mental activity pulls and warps us into contorted shapes where it is impossible for us to be wholly present. We live as amalgams of the past, the future, and perhaps a smidgen of now thrown in. The issue is, our memories of the past influence our behavior today. Imagine having had a run-in with a neighbor. He accosts you over some trifling issue that reflects his poor mindset, but in doing so calls you all sorts of names under the sun. The next time you bump into him, that memory will influence how you handle him. Meditation masters point out that our memories of prior events are, in every shape and form, exactly identical to the memory of a vivid dream. And yet the idea of allowing the memory of a dream to influence our behavior seems ridiculous to us. Dunk, don't be simple, I hear you say. The memories of an event that actually happened and the memory of a dream that didn't happen are two totally different things. But are they really? Stop and think about it for a second. We classify the two differently based on our perception of something having happened or something having been dreamt. But now that those events, real or dreamt, have passed, how are they different? Our memory of them, our ability to recall them, is the same. And yet we thoughtlessly allow memories to color our behaviors. Bad memories might foster negative actions in the future, while good memories may lead to happy and gracious conduct down the road. Now, magnify everything when you're under pressure, when you're physically exhausted or in pain. My great friend, mentor and master coach, Michael Bowl, is a man full of wisdom. One of his all-time favorite sayings is, fatigue makes cowards of us all. When we are tired and struggling, our minds twist and warp even more as the influence of the past and our worry of the future pulls us this way and that. That smidgen of being present disappears entirely. When I put the squad through a tough workout, I see the mental warping happen in front of my eyes. I can see the prospect of having to do 20 more repeats weigh on them, and I can see the memory of having already done six hard swims drag them down. Naturally, physical fatigue increases as they work through a training set, but what the swimmers don't realize is that that fatigue is perhaps 30% physical and 70% mental. If they could reset themselves mentally after each repeat, their improvement would be astounding. Let's head back down to the pool. Okay, guys and girls, heads up and listen. Hands up if you were hurting through that main set today. Some of us, a lot of us, Okay, through the main set, pushing hard, you're hurting. 24 100s in total, 25 for young Joel. The important thing is, what I want us to do right now, okay, is I want you to take stock right now, of this moment, right now, how you feel. How are you right now? I'm pretty good right now. Beautiful evening, working with you guys. I feel right now pretty good. 
It's a very interesting way of interrupting a train of thought. If you're going through a main set and you're really struggling in your mind with the work, you need to put the bags down, right? We spoke about this on Saturday. Don't carry the bag about the past and don't carry another bag about the future. Just put them down. And sure, I know that you're going to be puffed. Heart rates are going to be up a little bit, but you're going to swim 100 easy. You're all fit. You're all young. You recover very fast. And that's where, on that second 100, you want to be asking yourself, no matter what you've done in that round before, you want to ask yourself, okay, how am I feeling right now? I'm okay, actually. All right? That's what we want. You go down to states, guys, you go down to state championships and it's a big meet and it's a stressful meet and you might have a bad swim. You might get up for your heat and you might get disqualified. False start. And you got to get hoiked out of the pool by the ref and the shame of not being able to get back on the blocks, <laughs> crying through the tunnel as you come out to the outdoor pool. Right? I know that feeling, right? You cry because you feel bad, you feel stupid, you feel whatever. All right, jump in the pool, swim 100 easy, and then ask yourself if that situation happens. Okay, right now, how do I feel? Not five minutes ago. Not, right, not how do I feel right now, remembering that I just got disqualified and kicked out of the pool. No. Right now, how do I feel? Outside, blue sky, beautiful. You put the bag down. You gotta learn how to put the bag down. It'll help you. It'll help you in your swimming. It'll help you in your main sets. It'll help you at school. It'll help you at home, okay? As a swimming coach, I am uniquely positioned to be a major influence in the lives of the young people I work with. Swimming is a training-intensive sport, as I've discussed previously. I will see my group of swimmers up to eight or nine times every week, and some of the athletes in the squad have been training with me for seven years. That's a long time in anyone's book, let alone in the eyes of the teenagers I work with. It's a massive responsibility and an equally massive opportunity. After decades in the game, it's not so much the swimming that keeps me motivated, rather it's the opportunity to perhaps help develop young people and equip them with skills, techniques and insights that might help them maximize their opportunities long after they've hung up their racing togs. Naturally, the best way to teach is by example, and I have the very good fortune to benefit personally from the stuff I talk to my group about. Whenever possible, I try to reinforce the talks we have by my conduct, admittedly with the occasional slip-up here and there. So while I'm telling the kids to put the bags down, I'm also telling myself, because I find that with things like this, we need constant reminders to thwart that sneaky reversion to complacency and habit. And as I get older and my beard gets whiter, I've become increasingly grateful for the opportunity I have as just another swimming coach. Working in cans at a beautiful outdoor pool is also 
very hard to beat. Whether the gods are pelting me with a tropical afternoon storm or bathing me in the gentle warmth of an early spring morning, I am becoming more aware of the lessons all around us every day. On Saturday morning, a rainbow visited our team, bringing with it a colorful little lesson for both me and my swimmers. So guys and girls, just quickly, saw a rainbow just then. Did you guys see it? Hey, there was a double rainbow coming in just out here by, by White Rock. Before I get into that, I want to go into something else quickly. You know that I'm pretty much an enemy of modernity, right? Like I'm suspicious of modern trends. And one of those trends is these things. How we spend... Where's Geordie? Is Geordie here this morning? No! How we can spend every waking moment with our faces glued to our screens in an echo chamber filled with our friends telling us the stuff that we hear all the time. One of the hallmarks of those people who used to live a long time ago, they didn't have smartphones, was they were a little bit more observant of the natural world around them. And again, modernity, we can live in a city and you can never see nature. Luckily here in Cairns, we get a little bit. And there are lessons in nature. Okay, and I'm going to tell you exactly the lesson that I've just been taught by a rainbow. Okay, it sounds ridiculous, but actually, I raced over there to take a photograph of the rainbow because the end of the rainbow was right on the road there. So I want evidence to see that there's a pot of gold at the end because I haven't really seen the end of a rainbow. Okay, and there I am on the top of the grandstand bugging out, looking at this rainbow, taking photos like a madman. And there's a bloke on the other side of the road walking his dog, looking at me like I'm a weirdo. Right? Because he can't see the rainbow. Why not? Yeah. It's, it's all based on position, right? And perspective, isn't it? So the sun is rising up over there, obviously in the east. And there's white rock to the west with the clouds. And then the rain, the sun is shining. So I'm standing here and I can see the rainbow because of my position and my perspective, physically, my physical position. So I can see something beautiful and fantastic, and it was a really good rainbow, and other people who are standing in a different position, looking at the same space, cannot see it at all. It doesn't exist. Isn't that cool? Because it strikes me that you can take that physical idea and you can apply it to your point of view mentally. Maybe confidence, maybe confidence is a rainbow and it depends on your position. Not physically, but mentally. Hey? Like, I, I think we'd all agree that there are some kids here in the water that are more naturally confident about themselves as swimmers than others. That's fair to say, isn't it? Right? And yet we all train and do the same work, don't we? We're all in this squad and I'm all coaching you the same way. So isn't that interesting? That maybe not only can we see rainbows because of our position physically, but maybe we can see rainbows metaphorically, like figurative rainbows, based on our position mentally, our confidence. Anna, I want you to be seeing rainbows everywhere when you go down the States. Because it depends on your point of view, doesn't it? It depends on your point of view, okay? Think about it. 
It's interesting stuff to me. All right? But because most of us go through lives with our faces buried in our screens, we're not looking at the world around us. We're not looking and learning lessons from nature. Hey, nature's been here a long bloody time and it works, doesn't it? Otherwise, it wouldn't be here. So maybe it's got things to teach us and maybe we should pay attention a little bit more. Hey? So anyway, rainbows are dependent on your physical location and your perspective. And maybe we can apply that on the mental plane. And maybe confidence is the same thing. Self-belief is the same thing. Maybe everything is simply perspective and point of view. Huh? Man, give me a little mountain retreat in China. That's where I need to be right now. Hey? Okay, grab your boards. Grab your boards. Joel, think about rainbows, mate. After sessions where I've been inspired to stop the group and wax lyrical about something or other, I think about what it was that impelled me to jam that particular lesson into the heads of my athletes. What I am learning is that the influence of our minds and how we manage them is incomparably important. After 25 years in the sport, including three Olympic Games and a World Championships, I know that success is a mind game. But despite my rational understanding of that truth, it still hits me just how crucial our minds are in delivering our experiences. I'm really beginning to believe that mind is the only game in town. In 1667, John Milton wrote his epic poem, Paradise Lost. It is a transcendent work that sends shivers down my spine whenever I read it. One of my favorite quotes is, The mind is a place of its own, and in itself can make a heaven of hell, or a hell of heaven. I've whacked that one up on my office door, at the pool, because those 22 words say it all. What I am beginning to suspect is that perhaps those two simple lines penned over 300 years ago by a man slowly dying of consumption in London is the all and everything that we need to know and fully understand about life. I hope you've enjoyed today's session and that you stick around and keep us company as we leave no stone unturned in helping these young athletes fulfill their potential and achieve their goals. It was a pleasure walking the deck with you.